yeah nothing's worse than someone being like i love that can you make me that but with like blue and purple um which i've done so much i've said yes you know that was part of my saying yes too but it does it feels dead it feels dead to me i'm like i don't want to look at it you're listening to how you create with ben terry i can see the run-up of before kids and then I can see you going through this process of trying to figure out your style even changed slightly. Mm-hmm. I feel like in some yeah. of your uh, collections that you did. Mm-hmm. So, but I've done my research and trying to figure out who is Brit Bass. But kind of like, give me a little bit of your perspective of what your creative journey kind of looks like of those like couple of years at the high level and where you're kind of at now. Yeah, those years were super fun. I feel like it was just like, um, I feel like fun is the best way to describe it. I was really just enjoying myself, enjoying the process, enjoying it. was kind of felt like a game to me, a really awesome game that I could. And was your husband like helping manage? Was Ren helping manage at one point with you in those early years? Yeah, at one point he was actually wanting to go on Young Life staff and in that kind of process of fundraising and figuring that out, he was helping me for like, I think it was like six months to nine Mm -hmm. months or so. Um, And then we ended up actually like kiboshing all of it. And he went back into medical device sales, which Wait, that's another concert, another podcast. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he was definitely lots of energy, you know, at home and at the studio, excited about just making the work. And like I said, it kind of felt like this super fun game that I was playing and getting to do what I really loved and sharing it and seeing like people were pumped and excited about it. And then I would make money off of it. So it was yeah. just this like awesome um cycle that we had going which was which was super fun but um yeah those years especially i mean instagram was just my greatest tool and friend um i tried out a few galleries during that time and i just could they couldn't keep up with my sales i was doing privately or or you know just interpersonally with buyer direct with buyers um so did you like the gallery experience like was that like part of like the path for you of like being an art student coming out making stuff like did you want to get repped and like have a gallery kind of market your work going more in the fine art world or did when did the switch kind of happen where you were like actually i could probably do more direct to collector sort of yeah. thing rather than the gallery so um 2013 2014 is when i started picking up some traction went full time um had some galleries I was working with, which were great um, and, and were selling. And they definitely, they want, they were wanting more work for me than I was wanting to give them because I was learning that I could sell it on my own. Um, yeah. That's actually even when I was living in Athens. Um, and yeah, I feel like quickly I realized I could make 100% of the sales versus the 50% from the galleries. Um, and that I was, I was, I just felt like I had this like really great cushion of being from Georgia, going to Georgia, all these people around me loved art, were really excited. Instagram was new. Everyone loved to like see this new work. I was, it just felt like this perfect storm that I was able, or a perfect wave I was able to kind of ride. Um, 
And so it wasn't really my plan to not go the gallery route. And there, there wasn't a plan to go the Instagram route because that one didn't exist yet, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but it was interesting because it's still like you were doing iPhone cases. You got paired up with like uh, Micah May at May Designs yeah. and was like doing yeah. a ton of stuff with them. You did like clothing, yeah. like your prints were on clothing. Like, yeah. did that feel like in your mind, and we'll kind of get to even like when you were trying to figure out like the financial aspect of how to make this business work in those days, was it just like, I just need to do anything and everything that kind of came my way or did that, did those things seem to make sense for what you kind of wanted your work to be? I feel like all those years, it's a great, that's a great question. Cause all those years really felt really um, exciting. Everything was so new. And I think my, I truly think, our exact words were let's just say yes <laughs> and like let's just move fast and break shit kind of yeah. idea and um so i i yeah we i said yes to all the collaboration opportunities that that were sounded fun and exciting of course i mean there were plenty that i didn't wasn't interested in yeah. but i i didn't there wasn't a lot of intention amongst the the what like honing in the brand or honing in the work i just wanted to make work and have fun and collaborate with other people who were kind of at that same energy level. And so um, I feel very differently now. <laughs> Dipping <laughs> my toes back in, that is not where I'm at. I, I know that, which is why it feels tender and somewhat difficult to know how to navigate it. Because yeah. it's such a different, I mean, you know, early 20s, no children, mid-30s, four <laughs> children is very different <laughs> um, mindset. But yeah, I... Uh, I, there wasn't, oh, I don't want to say there wasn't a lot of intention. I, I was like, I was so focused in and like having really enjoying learning about just my, I feel like my brain was exploding every day of like reading, you know, um, licensing contracts and meeting with business coaches and getting a lawyer and figuring out how to navigate all the contracts that go with everything and pricing. And I mean, mm. I, it was really exciting and it's like it mentally challenging creatively challenging um i made a lot of great relationships and i feel kind of silly keep saying it was fun but i was just having a lot of fun with it yeah um, well and a lot of your work is like bright and fun and kind of like i mean it's all kind of like you reacting to each stroke is how you've kind of communicated it before as mm -hmm. well too so it's but you also have a very, if I remember correctly, like a very type A sort of personality where there's still a lot of organization and cleanliness mm -hmm. to your lifestyle or even the way you like to kind of do things. So how have you, how have you grown or how do you like connect those two worlds together? Like, does that make yeah. sense? Like how does the yeah. type A, but then also the responding to things as they happen? Yeah, that's a great question. Maybe I like making the work so much because there's this really freeing space where I can just be loose and not be orderly and not have the structure. What a weird <laughs> affirmation like too. Like people are like buying it as it drops, the things that you're doing that are just like, you know, a response to a different type of that that does feel like very affirming of like, oh wow, I don't I can just be free mm -hmm. and just kind of go with what feels right and like people are really liking that yeah yeah it is versus it's a really very structured kind of painting or output that becomes yeah. really interesting as well 
Yeah, it is. I, I feel like creatively speaking, like even when I'm, you know, I've channeled my creativity a lot in the past five years into cooking. So I feel like my process, <laughs> as you can imagine, so my process in the kitchen is similar. I like to like, you know, have my recipe, but then just enjoy the process and taste and see as I go. So I feel like I'm pointing to pans you can't see over here, but making the work for me, it, it feels really relaxing and freeing. And, mm. you know, it's funny because if I'm like buying a coffee tumbler on Amazon, I will read like, it takes me like an hour to choose one because I want to make sure it's the right one. But yeah. I can just go, it's a great example. I can go in the studio and just make the work just to make the work. And then <laughs> it, it feels really gratifying to like let that go. There's not a right or wrong right. answer maybe. Um, I've always like really loved math in school. Like I was actually a math major at Georgia for a semester. And it was nice to just go the total, use the total opposite side of my personality. And Started math, ended with art. Yeah. It's a very interesting uh, <laughs> career path for sure. Yeah. The numbers along the way have helped with some of the business stuff. I bet. Yeah. But yeah, it was an interesting point. I feel like during those years too, not that I was careless necessarily, maybe now I would think it's a little careless, but at the time I wasn't intending to be, but I would just make work very quickly. I mean, truly almost like just like playful scribbles, sketches. And they would just like be gone. Like people wanted, like people, it was just like this, like with all this hype and it was fun to be able to make artwork. And I try to price this appropriately. It was fun to be able to make artwork for like anybody. Like right. it, you know, how kind of had this like pyramid of pricing structure that there was still a lot on the bottom that, you know, people my age in their early twenties could afford um, to grab, be a part of, you know, collecting and and yeah so I, no, that's interesting that's, i the same kind of hype kind of happened with photographers as well when instagram kind of came out at that like your career path and like the even it has instagram has kind of grown like there's something about that time period between 2014 2018 if you were like a creator or an artist you were be able you were able to create an audience or a following of people during that time who are really passionate about your work. Cause like there's still some really big photographers now that if you go back and look at their history, that period was when they were starting to get into photography or starting to like build their audience and traction and stuff. And so it's like just right mm -hmm. time, right place. It seemed as well mm -hmm. too, uh, mm -hmm. because you were still doing before the Instagram before, like we had good filters, like back when it was like the bad filters of like, uh, <laughs> I don't even remember some of the names, but it was just like every I, image looked bad. No image I mean, looked good. I wish I could remember some of them. I had definitely had like the one that I would swipe. I'm like, that's it. The one with like the like dark edges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so and there's bad. no way none of those filters were going to make your work look good no. on the Instagram platform. So it was like they had to make that switch so that yeah. you could thrive. There's yeah. no Brit Bass like thriving on Instagram without them making that switch. <laughs> it's so true. It's, it's so true. So funny. Well, I remember seeing from afar, you know, your kind of like rise in like, and this was before like Instagram influencer language was even kind of being used. But did you just see Instagram during that stage as just like your platform to communicate or did do you start to feel like uh, that there was a sense of like an Instagram 
you were the you were the you know bright colorful fun painter of instagram did that ever cross your mind during that stage or did you feel handcuffed to the platform to kind of make the business work hmm. um, i know this is kind of like a look back question of that yeah time. no that's a good question i feel like it was it it felt like both um yeah i, I definitely feel i definitely utilize the tool that it was for me and it definitely i mean and it was a hundred percent and i'm realizing that now that yeah. every the algorithm has changed and i haven't been active on there and i'm like struck I'm now reaping what I've sown of creating a whole business based on like hype, Instagram hype right. <laughs> that I let, you know, let fall. So, um, I definitely was a hundred percent using it as my business tool to communicate and share, um, which I enjoyed that process a lot. Um, yeah. so it, towards the end and especially after having children, I did not enjoy that process, which is why it's been nice to take, totally remove myself. It started to feel like a tether that I had to constantly be surrounded by beautiful creative things and be putting out beautiful creative things when you had to be like the perfect mom but also like the perfect like creative mom online sort of vibe i couldn't i couldn't reconcile that and i really commend like so many of my peers have reconciled that and really i'm truly like not with envy i'm really proud of them so impressed um maybe it's my like more type a mind i just like could not do both the way I wanted to. Um, so that's been like, I mean, you know, something to mourn, I suppose that I haven't been sure. able to keep up with what was created and what was such a great useful tool, but it just wasn't, it would just, I just couldn't, it wasn't sustainable for the long run for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting about that question. too is you've brought up multiple times in like some previous interviews of this tension between time and money. Mm. And I feel like that as you kind of bring up being a mom and then having so much free time pre kids, but there's always this tension of like the trade off between I could go a route that might be more lucrative financially, but it's going to cost me some time on some other things. Like, do you still feel like today you still wrestle with that tension between time and money or does one feel more important or less? I mean, I'm I'm sure you're going to say time is more important given that you have kids and a family, but do you feel like the money, like why still kind of create the artwork now for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I I really do enjoy making the money part. Yeah, totally. As you should. (laughs) It's a good thing. I, I do have peers who just love to make the work. And just yeah. want to make the work and then be like, oh, I don't want to deal with the other. Like, let me go with a gallery who will just take care of everything for me, which actually sounds so wonderful and probably a route, definitely a route I would like to experiment with in the future. I just think it's more realistic for what I have, the time I have to offer. But um, yeah, I um, I love to make the work, but I don't love for it just to be sitting in my studio. I love for it to go to some happy home who, who wants it and um that feels like the it doesn't feel like it's really finished for me until it's like out my door yeah um what's um, the so uh i'm gonna get back to your timeline but who who's a collect who's your most famous collector do you have one do you have one where he's like oh i know this person has has bought uh, or is hanging something up in there yeah um, their third beach house oh <laughs> well i don't know 
Do you know Marie Forleo? She is a big podcaster. I don't, um, but it sounds oh, she sounds important. Yeah, she um she has a podcast and, and I don't even know what else she does, but she has a lot of like business coach advice kind yeah. of stuff. But she's she has all my pieces. One of the girls from the OC, which of course I'm like, I wish I prepared for this. I can't remember her name, but she has <laughs> one. <laughs> and she has That's my awesome. case. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'll have to, if I think of anybody else, I'll yeah. have to know. I know that yeah. question just kind of came to my mind. I was like, I'm always curious. Like, I would be, tra- I'm I'm like vain enough. Like, I would be tracking <laughs> stuff like that of just like who bought it and is possibly hanging it up. Uh, but I wasn't <laughs> sure if you, if you could remember off the top of your head or not. Yeah. I mean, I do, I get like, um, uh, what's it called? Like digital releases, media releases every now yeah. and then. I actually just got one the other day and I can't remember now what the show was. So I know that there are like important people who have my work, but I don't necessarily know who they are. Like, I feel like maybe like their assistants buy it or like, yeah. you know? Oh yeah, for it. sure. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. And I haven't kept up with anything, but that that's funny. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I, there was a time where I was more focused on that too. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to be like tempted by those things for sure. So 2014 through like 2018, those were like, I'm working as hard as I can. I'm building as much hype as I can. I'm creating as much as I can in those four years to try to get this off the ground. Uh, And then your first boy comes late 2018, I think it is. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, March 2018. Or Or March 2018? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I notice you start moving, you start transitioning a little bit into uh, restructuring and rethinking what is my practice going to look like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then during that hype period, you started getting into uh, working with this lady on trying to like figure out the, the business of being an artist, basically. Yes. Which yes. feels like it's a big milestone within your kind of like artistic journey to like do this sustainably for yourself. Yes. How much of an impact was like that kind of retreat you went on, but then also that relationship that you continued with her and trying to help other people, like how big of a part did that play and kind of like what, how you were thinking through your restructuring during that first phase of your first job? Yeah. Um, so Shanna Skidmore is her name. She's awesome. Um, we met, actually, she used to work for Amy Osaba who did the flowers for my wedding. So we met, in 2013 sometime during wedding planning season um she came on with amy um i think she was actually doing florals at the time but she was like some cfo right yeah i was was gonna say cpa but yeah i guess she was like yeah something in finance or businesses yeah (laughs) and um yeah she we became friends in 20 i think 14 she had her first retreat which was a lot of the attendees or just friends of mine kind of in that space, like Morgan Blake, um, she's a photographer, Catherine McCreary, photographer, just some people who were friends and um, with Shannon. The who's who of Atlanta. <laughs> At the time, we definitely thought we were. <laughs> and um, it was, anyway, she, it was a really great retreat because none of us, we all were kind of starting to, ride this little wave that had no idea what we were doing and um business like business business wise and she just gave us i mean it was like so simplistic but so necessary 
what's your mission? What's your vision? Who's your, yeah. who are your buyers? Who's your audience? Um, what are your goals? Um, you know, just very simple things that all of these art majors had no idea how to, what to do and how to do. Um, You're like, why didn't they pay? Like, why didn't they teach me this with the degree that yeah. I paid for? Yeah, yeah. Why well, wasn't the business of an art a course at Pomar Dot? I don't know. Uh, maybe I should go teach it. You can go teach that course um, for sure. <laughs> um, so you kind of went through that process. Do you remember? by chance, like who you thought your target audience was for I'm your paint go, or who you wanted to create I for? I wish I had it with me. I, I have it written down. I have saved it in my filing cabinet. But That's we awesome. like had, had them like named like Piper. She's in her early 20s. Oh, oh you like did personas and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, which is such a helpful tool. I actually I need to do it again now that I'm in this new phase. I should probably just get my book out and start over. But um, it was a really helpful tool as I aged and grew mm -hmm. in the business and wanted to keep this. I kind of wanted to retain my buyers and it kind of assuming that they were tracking along with me. So like we're all decorating our apartments. We're newly married. We want like our first piece of art together. Yeah. Now we're like bought our first homes. We're ready to decorate this. We need this kind of thing, you know. So I felt like it was it was helpful to use that. Um, and I really just used myself as like a some like a kind of a protege buyer um, mm. of what I would want and what my peers would want. Um, but yeah, Shanna, that was super helpful. We kept a friendship and business relationship the basically the whole course of my business until like that 2018 year, which was, it was a bit of restructuring for her as well. She had recently moved and was looking to just um, scale herself. Like she couldn't meet with everybody that she wanted to meet. So she wanted to kind of digitize some of this content. Yeah. And um, so it was a great opportunity for me to be able to make some passive income and share some insight. And she does such a great job helping pull out some of the insight for me. Um, I feel like all along I've had interviews and questions asking for like the secret sauce yeah. and I was just so caught up in just doing and whatever felt good with my gut at the moment that I like, didn't know. I don't, I, you know, like I said, I didn't have a lot of intention. I was a lot of, it was so much reaction that, mm. um, it was hard to like pinpoint the secret sauce. I, you know, I, that statement really resonates with me because there is this this dance between the best stuff is always just reactionary or not fully thought out but it's if i can get like philosophical my thought with like the creative practice is more so processing what we're experiencing externally internally and then bringing that back out again through a piece of work or expression of some sort and so if that's true in its purest form, I do think there's times where people get caught up in like, what am I kind of doing or like moving towards to where the work ends up becoming stale because they're trying to like just meet a demand rather than try to like create something that's just processing what they're experiencing. And that's kind of like what you're buying. So even when I think of commissioned artwork, really what you're buying is not a particular piece, but the time for the artists to process what's externally happening internally, and then to bring mm. that out to life mm. would be my philosophical purist mindset of like what I would love 
to see kind of happen. But I do think there is on the business side, this intention that needs to come into play with how you're going to sell your work. And either mm -hmm. you outsource that out to an agent or to a gallery or someone else, or you do kind of like what you and other people have started to do as well too, where it's like, I'm going to be my own kind of like hype person, marketing person, business ops person, mm -hmm. and do all those things. And then that's where you kind of need that structure and intention yeah. at the same time. But does that, any of that resonate with you at all? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's a beautiful um, <laughs> definition of a commission, a, 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 a true commission piece. <laughs> I need to get you to write that out and put that on my <laughs> Yeah, totally. That, that one's on the house. Yeah, nothing's worse than someone being like, I love that. Can you make me that? But with yeah. like blue and purple, um, yeah. <laughs> which I've done so much. I've said yes, you know, totally. that's part of my saying yes to. But it does, it feels dead. It feels dead to me. I'm like, I don't want to look at it. Um, and then I def, I certainly have those pieces out there, unfortunately. If anyone's listening who has one of those and you know, then you can call me. <laughs> I'll try to, we'll get you a new one. But um, yeah, I, I, it's interesting that that description of um, making work with too much intention to can become stale i've definitely done that like I've, I've seen i've seen what painting people really have loved and been drawn to and i've gone back over during that the 2014 2018 time frame and mm -hmm. like tried to recreate that and even for myself and it, it when i look back at them now they like it's like looking at a picture of yourself in middle school you're kind of like Ugh. i don't yeah. like it because it doesn't feel true to me but it's not a bad thing in some ways that feels like a smart decision to do. I mean, photographers do it, musicians do it. Like whenever you hear like, that's why people are always like, I love the first album, didn't love the second album because they were yeah. trying to do something a little different. Right. They're like, so people sad. just, sometimes people just want to buy the hits, you know, just yeah. play me yeah. the hits. The greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a bummer. I know this is where my husband really comes in handy because he's like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just paint, paint what the people want. Um, yeah. Or even some of my friend, even my friend Morgan, the photographer I mentioned, she came over the day and saw the new studio and she saw some of my new work. She's like, this is so great. She's like, Just try it. And if it doesn't, you know, work out, just paint stuff that you know people love. And I was like, oh, it's like a dagger to the heart. I'm like, you know, yeah. that's not why I'm doing it. Even though, I mean, she, I, I love you, Morgan, if you're listening to this today. Um, and it was, great, it was good at business advice, but it's, it is hard as the, as the one creating to be inspired to continue to create, especially I have such little margin, such little time now to make the work, you know, I'm like, you know, let me coordinate my babysitter to come. Let me run out here, make some work. I really want it to be work that I want to make. Right. Um, and I'm excited to share and that's attention if people aren't excited to see it. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll have to, it'll be a big experiment for a little bit. Well, I kind of call that out because like, you know, as you're talking about personas and going through the, the retreat thing with, I th with Shannon, you said was her name. Mm -hmm. Shannon. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think it is helpful, especially if you want to like do it all in house on the back end of the work to have an intention for like what you're, kind of creating unless you're wanting to be a particular sort of like producer of work for this particular type of need which then kind of creates a different sort of collector and so i'm even kind of curious for you like 
when you think 10 or 20 years now down the road of your work, like, are you hoping that there are pieces that resell at a higher value or like what kind of, how have you thought through, and I know this has kind of changed over the years, especially after each kid, but how have you thought through, not that there's a right or wrong answer, but what kind of artist are you hoping to be or want to be? Uh, I, I think that's probably more of a personal question for me of just mm -hmm. like, I'm curious how, how you're feeling and thinking through that. Yeah, I think um, building this studio, part of building the studio in my, in our minds, I say in our minds, but in my mind was like, I, I do want to be a painter for the long term. I do want to be able to morph and mature and with my work and with my paintings um, for the long haul. I, I really love it. I've really missed it. I like long to for this creative um, outlet output um specifically in the painting i've tried to kind of think like oh maybe i can use that towards different maybe i can use my skills creatively or business mind of ways in different arenas and i just over the past five years have kind of experimented a little bit even just with like thought experiments and i just wanted this i just wanted the space again mm -hmm. so the goal definitely is to stay in this for the long term um with that i can't keep reproducing like what is now unreproducible i believe from that 2014 2018 time frame mm -hmm. both in like my time availability and just i what it seems to me you would know more than me but it seems like the social media game has changed so much and the marketing along with it that it doesn't quite work like that anymore Mm -hmm. Or if it does, it would have required a lot more on my end for the past five years to keep that going. Yeah. Um, so I am looking forward to seeing how the business and the work matures, appropriates to the appropriate season of my life. It actually gets me more excited when you say you're probably going to put out less work. Yes. Because then it's like, <laughs> especially if you're a collector, you're kind of like, Oh yeah, that's then the pieces that do come out are going to be the ones that I'm going to want to collect and buy. Yes, on that note, I am definitely more interested in making the actual paintings. Definitely yeah. interested in a more thoughtful approach to the painting because, like I said, I just have less time for it, so yeah. it's not going to be like, "Wow, let me see what I made today <laughs> and pass it out like candy." I have, there's more intention, probably going along with the whole, I keep going back to the word mature. I'm, I'm hope yeah. I am more mature, but I, I really am like expecting the work to be mature. And so less of it, um, for sure. Um, definitely more just the actual paintings, less of the stuff, I imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I can I can see and feel the the anxiousness around creating again and kind of like figuring it all out again. Like, what do you feel like yeah. keeps you up at night thinking about your creative practice? Um, <laughs> well, currently it's like paying for the studio. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's real. But yeah, I think in my like dream of dreams, I was gonna you know get back in here and hammer out all these paintings and have it paid off in the first two months. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, that's obviously not really a reality. Um, so yeah, outside of that, that short term goal, 
my long-term goal is just to be able to find a, a rhythm for myself and for our family. Like yeah. I really, I, I really long to make the space. I'm like, I have this whole like kid theory over here that the, like the children could enjoy too and, and witness me painting. Like it really just made me sad whenever I would get my paintings out the dining room table over the past few years. My son would be like, what are you doing, mommy? That's so pretty. What are you doing? I was like, he has no idea. <laughs> you know, maybe this will make them respect me more. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's a lot. Our kids go. never but... <laughs> respect us. They don't know all the things we do for them. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward long term for to figure out how the rhythm works with the children, me. I want it to be this. I really long for it to be this more cohesive experience yeah. where they're really I want them to witness me doing something I really love. Um, and so that hopefully they'll do something they really love one day. Yeah. Your work has changed over the years. I, th I do think there is a sense of, I don't know if maturing is the right word, but that's definitely there, but you're definitely growing in like what you want to communicate given your life experiences. And I think every time you take a break and come back, the work, but even the colors become slightly different than the bright, fun, no care mm -hmm. in the world, 2013 through 2018 kind of stage. <laughs> at the same yeah. time too. Like there's like yeah. slight adjustments of, it's like almost the same colors, but they've toned differently later yeah. on. And I don't know if that's intentional or that's my, me kind of like seeing the work and processing it through my perspective. Yeah, um, well, that's very accurate. But it is interesting of child, pump out some work, take some time off. Um, second, kid comes it was a girl right yeah your second child yes uh you did a bunch of work and then took i think a longer stint of time off after that yes. one yes yeah, so she was born right before um she's born in a 2019 so when 2020 happened it really felt like this permission yeah from to really Take Sometimes I time. feel like I could use a second pandemic just to like quarantine again. I know. Are we allowed to say that? Because we say that all the time. I don't know, but I, I'll put it out there. <laughs> um, we also read, I don't know if you're familiar with Don Mark Comer and his mm -hmm. writing at all. We read yeah. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry in the beginning of COVID time and I read it again later that year. And I feel like that just gave me even more permission to and desire to. I mean, I'd like, we had like deleted Instagram and completely deleted everything off our phones for like, I did like the black and white on my iPhone for a while. All right. I so took you it basically off. Got rid of, oh, you didn't. <laughs> I, I don't have it anymore. I'm back to color. It was a little too acidic for me. But, yeah. But, uh, what did you but, feel like you learned about yourself during that time of like disconnecting seems like from color and from, uh, or from anything of like, <laughs> distracting yeah it was it was great i really see i view our life like i i use the book as a pivotal point but it was like before reading that book and after reading that book or before covid after covid you know everybody else sees that yeah. um too that timeline I, I i i keep coming back to the word permission i just feel like it gave me permission to just really or I finally gave myself the permission to just be honest about what I really wanted in this season and mm -hmm. be fully present. What I, which I just really wanted to be with my babies and 
and do like the mom thing full time. Um, which, I mean, it came at a perfect time because I, I had, I got out of my studio lease at the end of 2019. Um, so I didn't have a studio space anymore. And I had like a little spot in our house. Um, and so I, I feel like it just was like, it was, there was just so much tension in that time of like, how do I do it? How do I make it work? And I feel like that year I was able to just really like let that, let the work go for, mm-hmm. and like really put my stake down that I wasn't, I wasn't going to try to do both for a while. And so it felt really freeing, honestly. <laughs> it's crazy how children require so much kind of time and you want to be present for all of those moments mm-hmm. and then trying to find the energy to kind of do the other stuff. It's just like this always this constant tension of like, I want to go do these other things, but then I also don't want to do anything and just kind of be <laughs> present at home. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird tension. It really is. I, I, I wish I, I could like figure I mean, I just now I wish I could like figure it out better. I feel like I'm fine. I'm in it. We're in a better rhythm now. Um, yeah. But every time I have a new baby, that obviously that changes, but yeah, I wish I, there's no way to prepare before you have children to what that, what life will be like and what your rhythm can be like after having them. But, um, I wish I could have cracked the code for like the ideal amount of work versus home mm-hmm. and the ideal, you know, childcare setup and all yeah. that. Um, but I did it and I'm, I, I don't, re- I don't regret that. I really have enjoyed the, the years. I think I think now getting back into the painting, I'm reconciling with like I've really enjoyed these years, completely unplugged and the freedom from it. Obviously, I've missed the painting. Now that I'm wanting to get back into it, I'm more like reconciling with the the truth that I've like let go of it for a few years. And like, how do I pick it up and and run again? But then you came back out in 2021 with like a really cool collection. You kind of have this motherhood collection. The Mm-hmm. The colors were similar, but this is where I felt like they started to have a little bit more of a muted vibe to it. There was big ones, small ones. There's a lot of things kind of happening within that collection. Uh, I bought one during that collection that I was really excited about. I wish I'd bought the second one of the same size. I think Jenny and I talk all the time of like, why didn't we get the second one? Because oh, we're like, we got Thank one. You. But I think like that was like a really strong series when you kind of came back out of that. And then you did the studio in blue, I think in the same time, or you started it in that same time period. Yeah. And then we had another break because (laughs) of a third, a third child. Yes. Which is always exciting. Yes. The third one is great. Uh, collection back up and released it like not too long ago. Yes. And you're kind of like in this restructuring stage of still trying to figure out. And as I've thought through that timeline, it's, it's this constant, like this creative seasons of like figuring out the output and the flow and the business mm-hmm. um, and the time element of it all. And I feel like that's so much more of a, like a real, tension that people face and is part of the reason why some people give it up and go do something else altogether. Mm-hmm. But as you think about like the, the full court press and then the release and then the full court press again, 
uh, and you're picking things back up right now, kind of going back into the full court press. Yeah, what has been the inner dialogue around your creative practice over the past 10 years versus the next 10 years? Um, I'm okay with the stop and go. I, I, I mean, I wish there's business wise, I wish it wasn't that way. I realize it's not the most effective, efficient, smart way to run my business. Um, but personally it's really worked for me and the freedom yeah. from that, the freedom I've been able to accept since like that 2020 time, I'm, I'm like, okay with that. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. 2021, that's funny you mentioned that. It's been a brief thing real quick. When I did that launch of those series, that motherhood series, which I really love too. I'm thankful that you like this. <laughs> there, there was something special about that. And it really, I feel like I keep kind of looking back at that from two years ago and thinking like, I can, I did that then, I can do that again. You know, like I really, I was really proud of the work. I really loved the work. Um, it was, it was well-received and I just felt like, I felt like there's more that I can want to keep pressing into. Um, it made me feel encouraged that it wasn't all over back mm -hmm. in 2019, um, 2021 was great for that whole release, that whole six to eight months time frame. I actually hired Morgan Blake, started a company called Posted and it was all social media marketing. So they would, they came in like did all my pictures for me like every two weeks would come in, like just pick, take photographs of me in the studio. They did like my planally grid, all my output for that, which, which was huge. I just, I absolutely needed that help. Um, so that was the first time of like giving that up to somebody else that helped me make the work during that season. That was like mm -hmm. my time and money kind of piece for that season, which was, which was giving that up. And it also felt good because I'd been away from social media for so long. I didn't really understand you know, even the, even when I did my, <laughs> did my studies in blue, I'm like, oh, we don't have swipe up in stories anymore. I didn't know that. <laughs> I just feel very out of date with what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what's fascinating is the stop and go. I think that's actually like more, um, that hurts more of the Instagram feed than it does the practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like I, I feel like some of the tension of like, how do we run the business now? Or like, how do you be a creative in like this day and age? Like there is this demand. One of the benefits is that you get to be direct a collector. You get to have a direct relationship where you can cut out a lot of the middlemen that traditionally have been the ones selling the stuff to collectors or building the hype for you. And that comes at a cost. And so one of the benefits is now you have this direct a collector vibe for artists to sell directly to but the trade-off is then this feeling of constantly having to be on the hamster wheel mm -hmm. of like sharing and posting stuff. And really what we want is to kind of be on the uh, Frank Ocean cycle where I can just create and when I'm ready to put something out, everyone's going to be there and ready to come and take a look at it. And so, you know, the anxiety for me always feels like I, I need to be curating and maintaining the algorithm to keep people engaged and interested for when I am ready to release something mm -hmm. or announce something, they're there and primed for it. And mm -hmm. that probably, in my opinion, probably would hurt the, the creative process more than just like working on stuff. Cause it sounds like you're always kind of painting to a certain degree. It's just more so of like, 
how do I run the business mm -hmm. when I'm not painting? Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's definitely the 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 most tension right now and the most like anxiety of like how do I how how do I share it? Who wants How do you it? be a mom? How do you be yeah. a business owner and also yeah. the person creating everything all at the same time? Yeah. Uh, and honestly, there's a story there that I feel like probably your collectors and buyers like to buy into at the same time as well, too, which I feel like you've kind of always been open about that, you know, painting when kids are sleeping or when you can find a babysitter and all that kind of stuff. Like there's yeah. there's a narrative there that's part of your work and is part of who you are at the same time. And it seems like defining success for your work is is always a thing of trying to figure out because I think you you said in one interview way back when I wrote this down because I wanted to bring it back up because this oh reminds me the quote doesn't remind me of you but it reminds me of something you would say back in college which was you define your idea of su success was it meant a pencil skirt and stilettos and a high-rise office I really thought that was <laughs> the math major thought I was going to be a CFO somewhere. Hello. <laughs> oh, I thought that was so funny. Uh, <laughs> but we all have that image early on of like what success kind of looks like in some way. Like, what do you think? What do you right now, if you had to say what success looks like to you, how would you kind of define that now? Ooh, good question. Um, Paints making or the, the work. Yeah, making but, the work. I was yeah, going to say, like, paint. always selling the paints whenever uh, you drop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that would be great. I, I think I've, I think I've like, reckoned with reality that it, it, it won't be the same. I'm, I think I'm okay with that. I just need to figure out, like, what it will be. And I, I have, like, I have lots of ideas for, you know, whether it's with galleries or I'm, I'm open to humbling myself to starting over some mm -hmm. sort you know in the beginning i used i really got so much traction from doing like house shows and pop-ups at stores and traveling and taking my work to you know raleigh or new orleans or wherever and doing a pop-up at some interior design shop or yeah cute store and kind of just talking to people and making relationships and i'm like maybe i do that again maybe I have always dreamed of shape disrupting like the gallery model. So it's not 50, 50, like, yeah, I would love to have a gallery one day where I could like represent artists a little better. <laughs> yeah, I wish that existed right now. Like I, I want that right now. Um, I want the 80, the 70, 30 or the 80, you know, 20 split with the gallery who will do a good job of me but not take all my money. Um, so I, I think, I still have, I, I, my dreams don't, they don't really feel like stagnant. Of like, oh, I just want to be out here with my toddlers. I realize right. like they will grow. I will grow. There's like more. Um, but the important thing come. to walk away is Britt Bass is still painting. You still continue <laughs> to paint. Yes. And figuring out if and when the drops happen is part of like the thing that leaves people on the edge of their seats. And I think that's, that's okay. Those are the things we can still figure out. <laughs> okay good well good hopefully hopefully <laughs> hopefully someone's paying attention to the drops it doesn't seem like anyone was paying attention to the last one but hopefully um the future ones they will be i think uh 
I do think like the Instagram, it's, we're so handcuffed to it. Like you're right. Like you still have to use it. And especially now they're going to do like a Twitter competitor. Like they're just going to have like a monopoly on the communication between people and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've seen over the past like two or three years, just like the links artists have had to go to create their community. Um, The thing that I feel like I experienced, so I, I, I mess around, I work with a couple of like NFT artists. So I've gotten into like the weird NFT art world, which is like a different collector base for sure. Mm -hmm. And this one guy in particular was very fascinating. We were in New York and he spent most of his time just going to get coffee with people who were buying his work. And I thought that was really fascinating because that's what, you know, Christie's or Southby's or any other gallery would be doing. They're curating their relationships with their collectors Mm -hmm. and then they're letting them know, Hey, I have this work coming in. When his NFT stuff sells, it's not from people who found him on Twitter or Instagram, but it's that small circle of 20 or 30 folks who are like wow. wanting to buy whatever he kind of puts out. And I I don't think he was doing it intentionally. It was just like a thing he was doing. But I was like, I think that's like the next level of where we have so much kind of being sold or pushed to us. People are going to still go back to the relationship aspect. Yeah. They want yeah. to be sold a story and some sort of connection to the work. Um and I think uh I think that might be an interesting next evolution of the revolt against social media to a certain degree is like how do you curate your your like 100 or 50 10 yeah. best collectors. Yeah. yeah. And let them in more on the process. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? What is that um, famous number? Um, I used to know it. Was it? Is it a hundred like loyal? Is that what? It oh is? yeah, like a thousand true fans. A thousand true fans. Thank you. Yeah, that. if you can yeah. have like a thousand yeah. like people paying like five or ten or a hundred dollars, like you could have a sustainable career. Yeah. Um, and time will tell if that model still works or will ring true. But there is there is something to that for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I love the idea of um, a slow down. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be social media anymore, but a slow down way to communicate with an audience and with the buyers because that, that would definitely fit my rhythm. Well, I love the aspect of trying to figure out the new rhythm. Uh, I, there's a guy who used to live in my neighborhood. Uh, he was a painter and he was an art teacher for a long time. And then he finally quit and went full-time painting. And he... Like every morning from like seven to nine, he's just in his studio, just like painting. And so it's just like, I was like, man, I just love that idea of his consistency mm-hmm. of just like doing something. And I don't, mm-hmm. he doesn't sell a ton of work. He doesn't have like a big following or anything. And he just kind of keeps doing it every day. And I'm just like, man, I love that grind aspect of him yeah, kind of doing yeah. that. Yeah. It's something up. like, there's something beautiful about it. There's something dumb about it. And there's something like, you know, we could all learn from, but it's, it's an Uh interesting dance of trying to figure out how to create and sell the work that we do. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it's not lost on me, like the privilege of like having, you know, my husband supporting me so I can have the space to do this. You know, like I, I think about that often, like this was, this is a luxury that I'm only able to have now after 
having like the successful years of the career and to give myself and every and the permission to be able to experiment again and have the cushion to be able to do that you know Bren actually has all kinds of creative ideas but you know there's nobody support to support him (laughs) (laughs) maybe my paintings get going again there's always that case yeah yeah it's not lost on me that you know just I think I feel just grateful to be able to make the work and have the space to do it too. How, um, or not how, but I've seen some of the images. There's a piece of work hanging behind you. This feels like reminiscent of like when you did the collabs with your friend who did, uh, oh, yeah, Meredith. is her name Meredith? Yeah. Yeah, it's Meredith um, Majorly. Yes, so Meredith, and she's an incredible artist who lives in Athens. She paints beautiful flowers, much prettier than the ones I'm drawing. Um, but yeah, I love that that collaboration so much. And uh, I did, I did was thinking about the other day when I, I finished this painting. I, I was thinking about our collaboration and how her drawings would have looked much better than mine. But I. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time with my girls, like going to the nature center and we have this like walk in Brazil, we like can walk through his, some of the historic homes and there's everything's in full bloom and all the gardens are beautiful. And so I've just been taking lots of pictures and just been like thinking about gardens and flowers. And so I just wanted to paint them. <laughs> Who, uh, who's inspiring to you? Who's inspiring to you these days? And who do you think are, are some slept on artists that you see and follow? You know what? I, um, I've i been on Instagram so very limited just to promote my like little bit of marketing when I'm on there that I've, I've like really tried to tell myself not to look yeah. at other artists or other things. And um, I've actually was think of it the other day that I could use some like inspiration gathering and just Mm. to get out there a little more. Um, But that being said, artists that I've in my like kind of circle that I've always been inspired by and love is Semi King Benedict and Michelle Armas and Lily Wallace and Mm. um, uh, Blakely Little. She's out of Charleston. my friend Bryn Casey here in Roswell, Meredith Majorly over in Athens. Yeah. So and I feel like I'm ins- I'm inspired by the, my kind of peer group. Um, I would consider them peers. Some of them maybe not my peers, but um, I've always been inspired by them and look up to. I kind of love that idea of just like the friend group is like <laughs> the group that kind of like challenges and inspires, and not getting too sucked up in like what's the current trends or things that's kind of going on out there on Instagram. Yeah. Well, and I feel like a little blind to that right now. Had, I'm, I'm sure. Which is probably like a benefit. Talk. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like I your have work my blinders will on. communicate more of your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. But yeah, long, I mean, Matisse is like a huge inspiration. Yeah. Um, I love, you know, Cy Twombly and I mean, I, there's so many. We had, uh, Alex Matisse of East Fork Pottery. I interviewed him. Oh, yeah. And he's you like did. a great grandson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about it too much because I, I know he's he's talked about it at length, but you know, that's a hard, hard last name to have and to kind of compete with and stuff. But he's a sweetheart guy and 
I feel like he has like similar, he's got the Matisse gene in him. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of really fascinating to see the influences of Matisse out there in the world. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. I need to go back and listen to that. Please forgive me for not doing any of my homework. I oh, no. Just... There is no homework to be done. This is just... Uh, yes. There... I love how much you're in the middle of it all. But one of the things that came out in my research is you were number 74 on the top 100 painting influencers in 2023. Did it, were you made aware of that? Yeah. No. Who? What chart is that? It's, it's got Greg Mike on here, also from Atlanta, Chantel Martin, a bunch of other painters. It's a good list. It's a good list. Wow. But, Great. So I thought I would throw that out there of, uh, and you're still in the top 100. I'm still in there? Wow. You're I'm still in the top 100. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm good. Let's make it to, let's make it to the middle of the pack. We can get to 50. We can get <laughs> yeah. to 50 in no time. This that seems really just do a team. couple of collaborations uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know we'll ride the wave of someone else's clout and it will just like yes. take things to the top. Yes. Um what would be the ideal commission project for you right now? Like would you want to do a series? Hmm. Do you think about commission projects? Do those feel like so far out of reach? No, I they don't feel out of reach. I feel like actually getting back in the studio, my husband Ren was like, why don't you just put it out there to do commission work for people who are like, who love your work and who've been waiting for your work and wanting you to yeah. make something. But that just felt so tethering to me to go and make work that undoubtedly people would want that I made five years, five plus years ago. Yeah. Um, when I really have no idea what's like, I realize there's like, create a pent up energy and I want to get it out. And I, I didn't want to be tethered to reproducing, regurgitating anything. So, um, that doesn't sound as fun to me, <laughs> but, but a dream commission would just be for just somebody to just like, Hey, here's a, here's a huge wall, like in a public space. And like, I just trust you just go for it. Like you got this, you know, yeah. here's, here's like, you choose the palette. You just have fun and go with it. That, I mean, that sounds like so much fun. Um, yeah. Does Atlanta yeah. have the scene to kind of support artists? Like, do you feel like it's a good, or do you feel like an outlier in Atlanta? I do feel like Atlanta has a scene to support artists. I don't, I feel like my niche of kind of, it feels ultra feminine um, and fun and girly. I don't really feel like that's the Atlanta vibe. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, I mean, I feel like most of my buyers and patrons and collectors come from Atlanta, but it's, I wouldn't say it's like Atlanta proper vibe. Yeah. It's so funny when we use terms like artists and creative too, of like there's certain sort of looks or uh, styles that kind of come to mind that define whether or not you're like whatever particular artist or creative that's kind of cool in that time. Like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting because um, we're not getting any younger. And so it's harder <laughs> to always be like the cutting edge, young up and comer who's pressing you know the norms of society with our artwork it's like sometimes yeah. we just want to create stuff that looks good like matisse is a great yeah. example of like he wasn't really pushing too many boundaries as much as it was 
interesting yeah. and fun and full of life. Yes. Yeah. And full of great color use. Yeah. I do feel like Atlanta certainly has like people really, it's something like people really like art in Atlanta, light artwork mm -hmm. and um, enjoy collecting. And there's a certain, there's definitely an, a, you know, a number of, of um, shows and kind of charity events that all circulate around the art show. Um, or selling artwork that I, I feel like is definitely able to support it. I just need to make the work to keep up with it. I've, yeah. I've also been encouraged that I feel it just relationships just take you so far, like no relationship goes wasted. Like it, it just amazes me even now, like on Instagram, every, every single person is commenting. I mean, I know 90% of them personally, you know, or have them in my phone or friends of friends. Um, yeah. and that just feels, you know, there's something sweet and small towny <laughs> about that <laughs> and, um, something that feels somewhat appropriate as I'm making this like inching comeback. Um, and, and if there's something genuine about it too, of, I feel like this is how I got my start is from mm -hmm. friends and friends of friends and family and people in the, the Georgia, you know, sphere. So it feels appropriate to kind of be starting back with those same people looking out for me and like, I mean, you, you know, like yeah. noticing, taking note, interested, uh, following along. So it, it seems, it seems appropriate for, for this season. Yeah. Well, I'm excited that Britt Bass is back and is trying <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. <laughs> um what what can people expect this year like are you hoping to do a drop soon of new work or is everything just kind of open right now and just trying to figure it out yeah i uh, i'm definitely keeping it open i don't want to make any promises i can't keep in terms of the timeline but i and i have a few ideas like this kind of garden scene um is my first one i'm working through and then i haven't i've been really inspired by the tabletop the tablescape dinner parties i have no idea if that'll be abstracted or not but i'm excited to kind of i've been gathering images and inspired by that so that'll be some another theme that will come up um i hope to get some several little smaller collections out by the end of the year maybe two or three um i might yeah. Baby number four is due December 20th. So I have a time <laughs> the end of the year. But I'm also, I'm like, this will be the first time where I have a space where I actually can like bring a baby in to, to nurse and nap and not be like in the middle of like a busy street in Roswell or, you know, so I'm excited yeah. to, to actually have a built-in space to have a baby in too. So. That'd so, be yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> People can expect me to be making work and trying yeah. to share it. <laughs> and, and right we'll now, see. people can follow you most on Instagram. Are you doing a newsletter too? I Is do it Instagram and newsletter? newsletter? Yeah, Instagram and newsletter is just my primary communication. And that's underscore Brit Bass. If you go to yes. just Brit Bass, it's like a diff, it is not the painter. Um, yeah, my newsletter, you can sign up on my website. But um, I like to send those out too.